Hello and welcome to HBC's M5 Podcast, where we talk about yesterday's message, the music, ministry, missions, and whatever is on your mind. And I am your host, John Wilson, here as always with our communications director, audio engineer, Becca Smith. And uh, like I mentioned last week, we're here with uh, some guests from our staff and just have an opportunity to continue to hear uh, stories of God's goodness, the way that he has uh, called each of these folks that serve you week in and week out and how they've come to know the Lord. And we hope that this is an encouraging uh, time for you. And this morning we've got uh, with us our student pastor, Blake Powers, hey, everyone. our recreation director, Leanne Lindsay. She's here. She says, hey. Uh, and our pastor of worship, Kevin Bragg. And, and I, this morning you're going to get a chance to hear from every single one of them, just, just the story of uh, how they came to know Christ, like the things that uh, he was doing in their life at that time, the way that they came to see their need for salvation and for how he's rescued them and changed them. And then, uh, you know, we're going to end each story with a little bit about what's going on right now, how he continues to uh, use and transform and change and conform us more and more into the image uh, of Jesus. And so uh, I think, Blake, you're first up. So yes, sir. Uh, tell us, tell, tell the folks that are listening at home, how is it that you... Uh, that you came to know the Lord. Yeah, right, right, right. So, hey, everyone. Um, as some of you might know, um, if you've listened in the past, um, I am an HBC OG. Um, I was born and raised at Hepzibah Baptist Church. Um, it is the only church I've ever really been a part of. Um, invested my life in there. Um, so good, bad, the ugly. Um, I've been here through um, all the seasons. But um, uh, as you might have inferred based on that and kind of the past of what you guys know about me, um, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, like so many of you that are listening and so many that are around the table with me. Um, I had a mother and a father um, who served in church. My father was a deacon um, and sang in the choir. Uh, my mother sang in the choir and was a good supportive wife at four, um, all intents and purposes, right? We were a good uh, Christian family uh, that lived in the suburbs, right? Um, now, what was um, apparent to, to most and, and, and why we had kind of this good Christian facade that was put on for a lot of people. Um, behind closed doors, it was a bit of a different story. Um, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, and my father had his fair share of struggles um, that really made for a difficult um, family situation. Uh, my mother, um, at the time, we didn't quite understand all that was happening to her. Now we uh, know that she has kind of a uh, degenerative brain disorder. Um, it's kind of like uh, like Alzheimer's, but a really, really slow version of it. Uh, that makes it hard for her to think and process information, uh, makes it hard for her to balance and walk and move around and uh, right, uh, form memories and speak, um, all sorts of different things. So it just made for a cacophony um, behind closed doors and what was a difficult marriage between my mother and my father um, that ultimately culminated in their divorce. So while in, uh, I want to encourage anybody, uh, if you guys want to hear more about my story, please pull me aside so we can talk more in detail about it. Um, it's far more than I could even share in 20, 30 mm. minutes on a podcast. Um, but what made for, right, all the right things and all the right con components there, um, it ended up leaving me and my siblings very, very angry and very disillusioned um, with our Christian experience. Um, and it was in that place, right, that place of anger and that place of disillusionment um, that I found that actually the Lord met me. Uh, while I had been drugged to church my entire life, um, the relationship between him had never really been real. Um, but it wasn't until uh, my uncle, who was a music minister, 
uh, took me to a student camp, right? Uh, and it was in that place on the last night uh, that the Lord really spoke to me. Um, in that place, I remember the sermon very vividly. It was wherever um, the people who were praising God just a matter of days before were now screaming, crucify him. Um, it just became clear to me that in my life, um, I was that person, right? While, while with my mouth, I would do all these things and have all these Christian rituals about me. Um, in my heart, I wasn't serving him. I hadn't surrendered my life to him. It was all just a facade, right? The very thing that I accused my parents of doing, I, in fact, was guilty of myself. Um, it was in that place that God forgave me and he met me. Um, and since then, you know, at the age of 14, I've really never been the same. Hmm. You know, it's, I think the interesting thing about that, and, and we heard it last week uh, from your mother-in-law, Pam, like, you know, we heard her say, it, I was nine when I came to know the Lord, and yet there was nobody really to meet me there in that place. Like, it was all woohoo, and it was excitement, and, and then we, we got to see that connection between that and the reason that she served so faithfully among those uh, preteens, among those uh, fifth and sixth graders, and just her desire to to minister to people that were in that place that she was in. And then, you know, I, I can't help but hear you say, you know, I was saved at a youth camp and think, you know, okay, maybe this has some small part to do with the reason that, you know, that that the Lord has given Blake a love for students and for camps and for ministries to uh, to our teenagers is because that was your that was your own experience. How does that play right. into just the way that you look at our our students and, and and you think about what we do from a student ministry? Oh, there's no way to quantify. No way to quantify um, how much um, not only that has endeared me based on my own story, but how much that has just breathed life into me stepping into this role as student pastor and pouring back into the students. Um, right, regardless if you all called me student pastor or not, this is what I would be doing um, because so many of our stories hinge on those vital times in which the Lord met us during our teen years and saved us on this kind of bifurcating path, right? We had a chance to go left or right, and many of you, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking, um, either I'm so glad the Lord found me in that place or, wow, I wish he would have. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have surrendered yeah. my life then because after that was just a trail of bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Um, and I just love being... But so many were to me in that season, just the, the active change agents, the active hands and feet of Christ to help me live out and understand this is what it means to be a biblical man. This is what it means to embrace the disciplines. This is what it means to sustain your relationship with Christ and not continue to go to ritual, but to really live in that relationship and live out of a life of gratitude um, and make you know so many of those things happen. Um, so the joy, absolute joy of my life is helping other students do and live and walk in the ways uh, that the men that came before me helped me to do, mm. right? Yeah, so that that moment when you were, you know, 14 and you, uh, through this youth camp that your uncle took you to, gave your life to the Lord, you know, that was three or four years ago now. I think you're at least <laughs> like 17 or uh, 18, I'm pretty right, sure. Right, right. Um, how, what's God doing now? What are the things that, you know, cause that, cause this journey that it just started then, right? Like it just started with that, uh, that turn to the Lord and that repentance. And, and, and then you mentioned so well, like that, that daily walking in obedience. But as we do that, things, things change and who we are changes and, and life changes. So what is God, what is God doing now? What is he showing you now? How is he, how is he leading you in obedience where you're at right now? All right, absolutely. So um, since then, you all know um, the Christian walk is, it, it can be a slow one, right? We all want this sanctification process to happen overnight. Um, and there's a 
passage of scripture and I'm struggling to remember it, you can Google it for me and shoot me a text um, where it says that we're transformed from one degree to the next. Um, and so often we want it to be not one degree at a time, we want it to be like wholesale, 180s, right? But the Lord is so patient with us. Um, and he has been patient with me, right? Since the age of 14, whatever I gave my life over to him, it wasn't an overnight thing, right? It took time and it took a process. And even there was a uh, phase in my life um, where I met uh, my beautiful wife, Bailey, um, and, and we started having kids um, and I was pursuing engineering, right? Um, and I had all the things that the world would say are good. I had the wife, I had the kid. I started young. I wasn't you know, into all this different stuff. I wasn't, you know, uh, quote unquote, wasting my life away, um, but earning good money and kind of starting out in a career. Uh, but I was totally empty, right? I knew even in that place that, that the Lord was calling me to something more. And I didn't know what it looked like at the time. Um, so I started pursuing him um, and started pursuing uh, deeper and, and deeper. What do you want me to do here? Starting out by running Bible studies at my work, by witnessing actively to the people that were around me, by serving um, in student ministry and serving the church. Uh, you guys gave me a chance uh, through a season to, to take over the Canada Partnership and kind of exercise leadership in that way. And just slowly but surely, um, I found that the Lord was leading me to the pastor. It's something I would have never dreamed of or, quite frankly, would have ever really wanted. Um, that's how the Lord works. He changes our hearts um, and our minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's such a wonderful thing, I think, that came out You know, last week is just this, I don't know, this feeling that, to your point, yes, it is in degrees, and yes, it feels slow, and then all of a sudden you turn around, and it's like, you're nowhere near where you were before. So it is slow, and then it's all of a sudden, and you're like, you're looking around and going, wow, I, I never would have imagined that, you know, God could have or would have brought me to this place or used me in this way or broken down this thing that I held on to so tightly. And, uh, and praise the Lord that he, that he does that. And, and, and I'm anxious, Leanne, to, to hear from you, because I know, like, as we've done this, we've learned that, you know, we think maybe there's some similarities in our stories, and there are a lot, but they're also so very different. And I hope one of the things that people hear from this is that they can, that they can relate, that they can hear something in all of these different testimonies that that sounds like themselves. Whether that's where God has you right now, or whether that's like, okay, I've, I'm in this place, and I don't see how I can get out. And hearing somebody else say what the Lord has brought them from, I hope is is inspirational to folks and brings glory to God. So Leanne, you know, you you have been all over Hepzibah for a long time. Um, I, you, you are a staple staff member, but you're also a staple member uh, up of the church up until really, really recently when you uh, went to, to serve and be a part of Middlesex. And so I think that there may be some people listening to this that know you really well and have heard some of this before, but there's probably also a lot of people that just see what you do and they don't really know who Leanne is. So, mm -hmm. so take a second, will you, and just share with us how, how it is that you uh, came to know the Lord, how it is that he's brought you to the, the place that you are now. Sure. I'd be glad to. So my name's Leanne Lindsay and um, I have been at Hepsville a long time, probably, <clears throat> excuse me, about 27 years. And I grew up in Maryland, and um, my parents were divorced when I was very young. And my mom remarried when I was five years old and when my sister was about three. So for a majority of my life, I lived in a blended family. Um, looking back on it, 
realizing that my parents did the very best they could. Uh, my dad came into the relationship, which I call my dad. Um, he's not my birth father, but he's my dad. Uh, with three kids, his wife had passed away. Uh, my mom had divorced, come in with two kids. And, um, you know, that was the 70s. So there wasn't a lot of uh, counseling or anything. You just put together and you're like, hey, your family now. So uh, my dad um, struggled a lot with alcoholism. And so there was a lot of uh, tension and fighting due to that. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, he taught me some of the greatest lessons um, I'll ever learn. And so uh, that's kind of the way I grew up. Um, I always knew that I wanted to know God. Uh, like he was always drawing me to him. I grew up in a Catholic church, and I remember just wanting to know him and uh, wanting to, you know, do the the sacraments and um, getting trying to get something out of them. I remember even from a, a young age up until when I was in high school, opening the Bible and trying to read it. I never understood it. I really didn't understand what was going on in our CCD classes and. Um, but I always wanted to know God. I always wanted to have that relationship with them. And now looking back, I'm realizing that, that I was his and mm. I didn't know it. And he was, um, in the process of drawing me to him, um, even as a young child. And so, um, there was just a lot of things going on in my life that led to, uh, um, drinking. Um, I became heavily involved in alcohol and, uh, and drugs and made a lot of bad choices, uh, relationship choices to just doing stupid things while I was under the influence. And, um, but I seemed to really be able to function well, um, in society. <laughs> so, um, I was a great, um, employee. I loved people. I was always, I've always been a good person. I've always been someone who reaches out and tries to help people. Um, but, uh, but it, 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 started getting worse. And then uh, when I, I was in uh, community college up in Maryland, then I went down to um, Catawba College to play volleyball and softball. And I'm um, seven hours away from my family. Um, and it got way worse. And so, but I was still uh, functioning. I could still play volleyball. I could still play softball. I managed to eke out the grades I needed to pass. And um, so after that, I graduated, moved to Greensboro, and um, there was, it continued to get worse because I had more free time. I wasn't really accountable to anybody, but I was a great employee <laughs> at the place I worked. Well, the place I worked was a Quaker retirement community, and it was wonderful. And there was all kinds of different people that lived there. But I started noticing people who worked there and lived there had what I wanted. Um, and so uh, I just started seeking more and more. I started going to all these different kinds of churches never understood anything because I was not hearing the gospel. So I had some friends who um, who are, I was really close with. I was actually a roommate with Cindy, and Scott and Cindy got into Amway, and they invited me to, in to get into Amway, and I did, and I went to my first big function, and that is where I heard the gospel <laughs> for the first time at the age of 23 and a half on a Sunday morning. I was exhausted, but I heard the gospel, and it all made sense. And, uh, and that was truly the greatest day of my life. Um, so uh, two lessons there. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter when you get saved, obviously. But 
bad theology <laughs> can still lead people to Christ. Mm. And that's what happened there. And I was uh, like um, in a group with some pretty bad theology with uh, um, the prosperity gospel, but I was still growing. And then I got into a great group um, at a really good Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church college group. I mean, a uh, uh, young adults group and grew like crazy. Then I met Larry and I grew even more because he was so um, smart about the things of God. He knew so much. And so uh, so that's how I got saved. Yeah, there's so many, like, just, I think, amazing moments in there that I, I do hope are relatable to the folks that are listening because, you know, I didn't get to get into a lot of details last week when I shared my testimony, but there's a lot of things in there that I hear that sounds like myself, and I think there's probably mm-hmm. some other people that feel the same way where, you know, on the one hand, we're, we're, we're doing all kinds of things that we know um, that God has not designed us for, that we know are, you know, not good for us in our health. They're not good for us mentally. Mm-hmm. They're not good for any aspect of our lives, and yet we're also looking at these other things and going, well... I'm succeeding by all of these <laughs> metrics, so it must not be terrible uh, yeah. until he brings us to a place where we realize that, that that's not who we are, that's not who we're called to be, and even those metrics that we cling to and go, this this is success, they fall woefully woefully short of, of who he's called us to oh, be. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, we, and we find out, we're, I'm just measuring my life by the wrong, mm-hmm. by the wrong things, and in that moment... I mean, there's nothing that we can depend on except for except for God and His goodness and His love for us. And then I love, you know, I love just that you said, um, you just talked about, you know, being His and knowing that He was calling you. And and I, and the thing that I know is that our God is faithful all around the world and even here in the U.S. to uh, reveal Himself to people that are that are seeking Him. And they they might not be looking in the right places. Uh, they, you know, they might not have people in their life right now that are going to tell them the truth, but, um, as they seek the Lord earnestly, he will, he will make a way to reveal himself, uh, to them. And, and that's a, that's a fantastic thing. So what are, you know, obviously there's a long time in between, uh, where, where you just ended, you know, meeting, uh, meeting and Mary and Larry and just the way that you guys have grown, uh, together as husband and wife, and just um, just just the great uh, benefit. You know, one, one of the things I think about about you, Leanne, is that you are. You can say all you want. You know, I was saved by bad theology, but you're somebody who cares about good theology, oh, yes. and that has so much to do. Um, I think with Larry and also just the amount of time that you've been able to be a part of the church and serve and, and people have seen you all over the place. So fast forward, like what, what's going on now? What are some of the ways, I mean, there's a lot of history we're skipping and maybe we can come back to it, um, you know, in a, in a different edition, but what's going on now? How, you know, how is he still shaping you? How is he still growing you? How is he still, uh, using you in your walk? You're right, John. I have been through a lot since then, and a lot of uh, a lot of sanctification, a lot of uh, joy, and a lot of heartache um, since that time. Uh, most notably, the the loss of my husband mm. um, back in uh, early 2020, in January of 2020, and um, trying to navigate that as a widow, a young widow. I'm only 55, and trying to navigate that, trying to help my children navigate that. We kind of all helped each other. I have three unbelievably awesome kids, and uh, they're all adults. And so we were trying to navigate that together. Um, and then 
most recently, I've become uh, empty nester, totally. Um, they're all going to be living in the next two weeks on the side, on the western side of the state. Mm. So I'm just learning to let God show me what's next. Uh, I know he's got something for mm. me. Uh, I'm, I'm done raising my children. I'm done being a wife. And so uh, but this, this journey to Middlesex has been uh, wonderful for me. It really has, because I can go in and just be Leanne. I'm not Leanne, the wife, Leanne, the mom, anything else. I'm just Leanne. And so um, that's really allowed me to um, be able to kind of throw off some of that and see what God wants for me, just Leanne for the next however many years he has me on this earth. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the conversations that we had leading up to you going to Middlesex and just thinking about, the, you know, what we've already described, I think, last week and this week is a sort of like holy discontentment mm-hmm. that, you know, even in this even in this point in your life where you have been following Christ a long time, uh, he takes us to a place where we start to look around and we get discontent um with the with the things that are going on with what we have been doing and not not in a way because we know that content contentment you know is is great gain in Christ but discontent in the just doing the same old same old and just recognizing that he's called me to something greater than this and I'm I for one am so glad um that that has led you to Middlesex to a place where you can take the things that you've learned over so many years and pour it into people who desperately need to hear it and they need a fresh uh, vision and they need fresh ideas and they need to believe that all the things that you've seen are actually possible, um, even w- even within their children's ministry. And so thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening to uh, the voice of the Lord, because sometimes it's easy to just dig into the place we're in and go, I, I hear you, Lord, but... I'm not moving. <laughs> um, yeah. and, we, and we know how that ends. <laughs> yeah. Well, and let me just say this. As much as I have tried to pour in at Middlesex, I have received it multiple times mm. back over um, in, my, in my life with the relationships there and the, uh, um, just the goodness of God in that area. So I, I love doing that, but I, I'm the receiver from that. They, they are not the receiver from me. Yeah, God has uh, God has uh, such a way of of blessing us. Oh, I yeah. think through um, through the other through the acts of service, through the way that He's changing us, even when He's asking us to sacrifice um, and and to move and to change. It, it 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 so often it comes with blessing. And Kevin, you know, I know that that um, you've been at Hepzibah now uh, twelve years, and there's a lot of people who. Um, when you came to Hepzibah, you know, probably had an opportunity to hear uh, your story. But also in the last 12 years, there's a lot of people who, uh, who weren't here, uh, who weren't here then, including, uh, including myself. I came a little bit after that. And so uh, would, you, would you take a minute and just, um, just share with the folks how it is that uh, you came to know the Lord, how it is that you ended up uh, being able to, to share your life with us? Yeah. It's interesting because um, we started our warrior study with men last week, and part of my introduction was... Shameless plug. Shameless plug, yes, absolutely, um, was sharing our story and sharing an introduction. And I realized that there were a lot of the men that did not know my background, did not know my story. Um, <clears throat> we had alcoholism in my family coming up, uh, and that led to a mar- my parents' marriage of 23 years breaking up. Thank the Lord for 
a grandmother. You know, there's going to be a hall of heroes of grandmoms <laughs> that are the re- that are the reason a lot of people are in heaven. Um, and my grandmother was one of those who made sure that I got to church. And I went to church. I sat in church. I slept. She was the church pianist. So when she would come down, I would put my head on her lap and I would sleep through the sermon. <laughs> and, you know, but then one day, Pastor John, uh, who actually this year just went to be with the Lord, Pastor John pulled me aside after church. And, and he'd been watching me for a long time. And, and he asked me the question. He said, don't you think it's time? And we went in a side classroom. You know, he wasn't worried about going to lunch or whatever. This was the most important thing. And I remember the light just pouring in that classroom. And he led me to the Lord in that, spa, in that spot. I was 12 years old. Um, and I always tell my testimony is three very important things happened when I turned 12. I got saved at Hillview Baptist Church in Las Casas, Tennessee. I started my first job as a church organist when I was 12, Hmm. playing for a small Methodist church in my neighborhood, and I saw my first pornographic image. Those three strands, those three things marked my life. And so even going from that point to a couple of years later in a different church, uh, actually living with my dad and going to his church, uh, I was... uh, I was at a youth conference, and God said, hey, I'm calling you to ministry. And I felt it fully, fully embraced that. But that strand of three was there, went all the way through, um, and even up into my 30s, serving in a church where God blessed the ministry, but that third strand was still there and was still bucking and fighting for attention and in stress hit, uh, that became a, a run to. And through God's grace, uh, he allowed me to step out of ministry and actually rebuild and learn what it was to be loved by God. Mm. And in that season, you know, a lot of things happen. You, you question was what happened in that little Sunday school classroom at the age of 12 real? Mm. And God, by his spirit, and in that season said, Yes, that's when you became mine. And I've walked with you all the way through, and we're going to keep this journey going. And so uh, I can't say that I came from a Christian home. I came from a home of alcoholism. And, you know, I, I, I've been tested and done different things where they said, yeah, you, all, you have all of the signs of an adult child of an alcoholic, one of which is addiction. And so... That's that's that has held to be true, but God, mm. my two favorite words in, in all of Scripture, but God, um, and so that's how I came to Christ. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that just strikes me, you know, in there, Kevin, and and maybe you can shed some light on this. You can tell, um, you can tell folks if this is you know your story. You can tell them if you feel like this is true, but. You know, for me, when I when I hear that and I think about it, and I just I just recognize that sometimes even even as we're seeking to grow in the Lord and as we're seeking to to know the Lord, we we find things in our life that we would prefer to go to for comfort than than to the Lord. And the longer that goes on, the longer those things become 
central to our identity, the, lo- the longer those things become, I-, I would rather steal away from everything else to to give to this thing that brings me comfort. And I, I know in your case, you know, you mentioned pornography, but in, in a lot of other cases, that's, you know, that's people's work. That is just some Netflix time. That is alcohol right. or is drugs. Right. It, you really can pick anything. You can pick online shopping or scrolling Instagram yeah. or anything, and you can put it in that bucket. But the more we go to those things for comfort instead of going to the Lord for comfort, yeah. the more those things become what's important to our identity, and, yes. and it takes us to a terrible place. How, how was... How was that time, that season away? How was that a, how was that a rescue from that? Well, the blessing was having someone that observed some of my behavior and called me out uh, in the midst of ministry. It was a hard time of ministry. We had lost our pastor. I was in the middle of things, holding holding the staff together and different things. Not to make excuses, but I did have a friend who said, "Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, is this what's going on in your life?" Uh, And it was someone who struggled as well. And so in the midst of that, to be able to answer honestly uh, and then to be able to receive the grace to step out of ministry for a season, to walk through healing, and speaking of identity, you know, I had been a church musician since I was 12. I'd been playing since I was six. My identity was, oh, Kevin's the piano player. Kevin's the organist. Kevin does music. That's what Kevin does. And to walk through a season where, um, thanks to the grace of God, I was able to go into a city of refuge ministry in in Georgia, but they didn't let me do anything that I had assigned to my identity. I didn't do music. I went to church, but the main goal there was to heal my relationship with God, to heal my relationship with my wife and my children, and then to heal my relationship with the church. It wasn't about getting me back into ministry. It was about getting me in right relationship with the church. Uh, If God God raised up ministry later, that was between me and the Lord. But but to walk through a season, to have people that would speak truth, it's when I really learned about Jesus coming full of grace and truth. Mm. You know, we love grace. Grace is wonderful. But grace without truth, um, you don't grow. You you don't mature. And I really believe that God gives us the number of years that we have to be able to walk through sanctification and to grow and to learn. And through that learning, we get to be a witness of His power and his strength and his might and his love and compassion for us. Um, and so, so that, that's, and, and, you know, I was going to be a teacher, which is amazing because God changed that plan. Even as I'd surrendered to ministry, I was going to end up being a teacher, teach American history of all things. I'm a history nerd, but I still get to do that as I'm pouring into the lives of young people and those around me, because there's something about seeing others get the love of God, the truth of God, uh, and, and to see them worship God, that's just a gift. Hmm. So. You know, I, uh, the thing I think maybe that would be helpful for us to end as we're, we're kind of running low on time, but but the same way that we ended with, you know, with Blake and Leanne is just thinking about, like, where you've been sharing is a lot of years ago now. And, you know, I know that some of those things are still 
they're, they're still fresh. They're still a part of your, your life, but you've been, you know, at Hepzibah a dozen years now, mm-hmm. um, and ministry has changed and it's grown and it's become new and different. Um, and the Lord has been walking with you through all of that. What are, what is something at least that's going on now that you can point to and say, uh, Hey, this is, this is what God seems to be doing in my life right now. What he's showing me, how he's continuing to, uh, walk with me and lead me. And then, uh, and then I think we'll wrap there. Yeah. Uh, I am a strong, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the strong willed child. They wrote the books about probably. And so that has even made it in, way into adulthood, being able to be strong, but at the same time, learn to be still. Years ago, a word was spoken over me that I'm like Jacob. I'm wrestling God. And I find that's part of my nature. Um, But to be able to walk and have people walk beside me that know who I am, walk that journey, and there is that grace and truth. And Hepzibah has been that place. Uh, Pastor Aaron has been that pastor to me. Um, And to be able to walk with other men. You know, I love music ministry. I love it. But I, my ministry and my, my connection so often with the Father is when I'm sitting face-to-face with another man who's dealing with whatever issue and being able to walk with them and pray with them and see them grow and be free because it reminds me of what God's done in my life. Uh, and that's one of the great joys of my life. Yeah, and that's I think that's a that's such a great place I think to uh, to end for today. And one of the things that you know, if you if you guys listen and don't know, um, Kevin's wife Rita and and Kevin uh, and Kevin together with her are are very invested in uh, in reaching people that are going through difficult circumstances and offering uh, offering care and concern and navigation for those things and and coming soon. Um, we're going to be starting a ministry uh, that is that is geared at that uh, across a number of issues. Like we said earlier, the 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 reason uh, behind a lot of these things is the same: is that we've put something else in the place that uh, that God desires to be in, and uh, and we want to walk with folks through that, no matter how far they've gotten down uh, down that journey, and and help help bring healing to that. And so I I, I want to just encourage you: if that's you, reach out to us, reach out to Kevin, reach out to Rita, and we would love to uh, connect you with people who can walk with you through that, but also who have been where you're at um, and who know that that Christ is our only our only hope. And so that that's it. Tune in next week for us. Don't forget to uh, hit subscribe. We'll, we'll be coming back with more uh, testimonies. And if there's somebody you want to hear from, uh, there's right there in the link. Mash the button. Send us a question. Tell us who you want to hear a testimony from, and we'd love to get them on here. So have a great week, church. You are loved. Mm-hmm.